Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look for AZ Adopt Podcast. All right. One of the common questions that we as an adoption agency get is what factors can disqualify adoptive parents from adopting? Not every person or people who want to become adoptive parent or parents will be qualified or eligible to adopt. The way that eligibility is determined is through an adoption home study process. Every state has their own individual requirements to become eligible to adopt. In this podcast, though, we're solely going to focus on the specificities of Arizona adoption home studies. As an agency, you are licensed to perform home studies within the state that you're licensed in. So because we're licensed in Arizona, Building Arizona Families can only do adoption home studies within the state of Arizona. So if we have somebody who comes into our adoption program from Kentucky or Georgia or Louisiana, they have to do a home study in their home state, and then they work with us to do their adoption part. Somebody who's residing in Arizona can do the whole gamut through our agency, the home study, the adoption, and so forth. Because the state regulates what is required within a home study, and we're talking about domestic home studies. There are two types. There is a Hague home study, and those are for international adoptions, and they have to be done by a Hague accredited agency. Building Arizona Families is a Hague accredited agency. But today we're going to be talking about domestic home studies. Hague accredited home studies are, um, you have to, as I just stated, be accredited um, as a Hague accredited agency. And so Uh, the United States government has their requirements of what has to be in that home study. So that home study process is similar, but there are some additional things that have to be done to be qualified underneath the ability to adopt uh, internationally through the Hague in that home study. So again, this is just focusing on domestic adoption home studies. So as we stated that there are qualifications set forth by the state that help an agency determine whether or not a family is eligible to adopt. And what we do is we don't judge a family when they come into the program. We 
you know, everybody has a right to, to live their life and to have their own viewpoints and to have their own um, values. And I say that because oftentimes when a family comes into the program, they're very nervous about a home study. They're, they're anxious. They don't, they feel like this is a time where they're going to be judged. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the very, very early days, I used to go out and do home studies and I used to, you know, explain to people before we'd come out, like your house doesn't have to be immaculate. I mean, you know, it was almost as if sometimes we would walk into the cleanest homes mm-hmm. you've ever seen. They look like museums and that doesn't have to be the case. You have to have uh, certain things have to be done. And we're going to talk about those, but at the same time, that doesn't I mean you're allowed to live your life. It, we don't come in with a white glove and, you know, dust the top of the, the door frames. <laughs> So, Not to mention, now, doesn't that also kind of give a false res- representation? You know, as a human being, that their house isn't going to look like that 100% of the time. So you would rather almost have, you know, a couple of socks on the floor over in the corner that got left by one of the kids or whatever it is and look realistic. Yes. Although I will say, as as a mom of six in-house and, and one that has moved out, mm-hmm. uh you still, even when you're not doing a home study, as, as a mom or a woman, I know that, and I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone. <laughs> when you know someone's coming over, you know, you're telling all the kids, okay, come on, pick up. We got to pick yeah. up. We got to pick up. And on the flip side, when you walk into somebody's house and it does look immaculate, you know, part of you kind of giggles because you know, like, oh, you cleaned for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. You were rushing around like I am rushing around when I'm expecting somebody. Yeah. So I guess that's a fair point, too. Right. So prospective adoptive couples who are waiting for their home study workers to come in and, and begin their home study, what I have seen, uh, and, and I can kind of laugh because I understand, I can relate on a different level when you have somebody important come into your house and you want it perfect. You know, the husband is, is at the point where he's ready to run out the door because he's gotten so worked up over this. And the wife is now very calm and has her... Um, the white house face on and it's a that, that doesn't need to happen like <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't need i mean she spiraled him up to where he's very nervous and anxious and so we try to really calm people down like this isn't um we're not there to judge you we're there to make sure that you're able to provide a safe and loving home and that you are emotionally physically and financially able to provide for a child that's really what the goal of an adoption home city is so in the state of Arizona, we do two visits, and it's a minimum of two visits, actually. And again, this is for a domestic home study, and we spend four hours with you. So normally, it's two hours and two hours. So we really get to know you. Mm-hmm. And we also have you provide some documentation, like a marriage license, a divorce decree, if you've been previously divorced, uh, last year's tax return, letters of references from family and friends, an autobiography. Uh, we have you do clearances through the state. So CBS or DCS clearances, fingerprint clearances, and then sometimes adoption education. Now, if you were in the military, you may be asked for a military copy of the dis- your discharge, um, employment or insurance verification. You often will get a physical from your doctor just say, showing that you are in good health. Now, that makes people very nervous because somebody may have have to take thyroid medication and they're wondering if is that going to disqualify me from being able to adopt 
the rule of thumb and how I explain it to adoptive families is the adoption agency makes a recommendation in the home study. And in Arizona, the court is the ultimate entity that approves or denies whether or not a family becomes eligible to adopt or not. So if a doctor states on, there's a form that we provide that you are medically able to adopt, then it's not up really to an adoption agency to determine that you're not. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. So character references are really important. Uh, they give us a real kind of view into people's perceptions and how they view you. And I would say in a home study, these are a key component to assessing a family's readiness and if they really want to adopt. We also do separate interviews with the husband and wife and really anybody over the age of six who lives in the home. These are very interesting too, because sometimes one of the two parents wants to adopt and the other parent, not so much. And this will come out and you want to make sure that both parties are equally on board and wanting this. Otherwise you can have a nightmare on your hands and that's right, not certainly. fair to bring a child into that. And with, with kids, it is just to make sure that, you know, they understand. And it's, it's, I mean, yes, nobody wants to share. We understand that. We're not looking for the kids to be coached or <laughs> told what to say. You know, they don't need to recite. Yes, I want to have a baby brother. And, I you know, cannot wait like for my baby brother. <laughs> it is going to be awesome. Mom, I got it all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so if you choose to disclose your religion, then that is also put in your home study. Mm-hmm. If there's anybody living in your home that is uh, 18 or over, they also have to go through the fingerprint process and be background checked as well. Where we get, this is leading up to the topic of the podcast. What can disqualify you from being able to adopt? So if you have a felony conviction where it is due to you know child abuse or neglect, drugs or alcohol abuse or domestic violence. And again, this is up to some level of discrepancy because if this is something you know that was a felony, but it was a minor felony and it happened 25 years ago and there's been changes since then. So that's all up to interpretation. Uh, if you have somebody living in your home that is convicted of child abuse or neglect, again, that could potentially disqualify you because they are living in your home. Mm-hmm. If you have a, a life-threatening illness or disease or you have a mental illness that is untreated and it is something that is of concern and a doctor isn't willing to sign off, then again, you could be disqualified as well. Financially, you just need to be able to show that you're capable of providing a child with you know, financial security. So if you are both unemployed and on food stamps and receiving government assistance, then at that point, you probably wouldn't be at a point in your lives where adoption may be the best choice. Now, speaking of that kind of situation, do you get uh, potential adoptive parents coming in in those circumstances and saying, hey, we want to adopt? Usually no, because of the cost of adoption. Right. I mean, if they're on food stamps and they're they're not employed and they're not making ends meet, that's, they're not normally looking to adopt. At that right. Point. We're still looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs where they're going, we need a roof over our head and food. It just made me curious because I wouldn't think yeah. that many people would come in in that situation. No. Uh, another reason that we 
may not be able to recommend you for adoption is if we found that you have lied throughout your home study or if you are not cooperative and unwilling to, let's say, put a fence around your pool or things like that. You have to meet the state criteria in order for us to provide a recommendation. And we've had people that said, I have a gorgeous backyard. I'm not putting up a fence and we cannot move forward with the uh, recommendation for them being able to adopt. That just can't happen. Right, because it's, it uh, is a state law, is it not? Yes, yes. So we will have to go out again. So we, if there's not a fence, then we have to go out again. Um, and the second visit, either see the pool fence or if they haven't had a chance to get it in, we have to hold back on submitting the report and go out a third time to make sure that there is a fence. Because, again, that's, mm-hmm. that's something that cannot be overlooked. Uh, right. If you have a gun in the home, it has to be stored properly. We have to see that everything is stored properly. So there are certain things that we are looking for when we do go through a home. We want to make sure that it's structurally sound, that you are not looking at putting a fifth child in a bedroom, that you have, uh, there was one time where we had a, a single woman that was adopting and she had an apartment and you can adopt just for those out there curious. If you have an, if you live in an apartment, yes, you can still adopt. Uh, and she had a two bedroom. And so there was a bedroom that was going to be for the baby and then a, a bedroom for her. And when I walked in, the carpet was really bad. It oh. was really bad. And it, it wasn't something that I felt was safe or good for a baby to be crawling on. Mm-hmm. And so I had to discuss with her, you know, the carpet needs to be cleaned before I come back out because this isn't really a good environment to put a newborn into. Other than that, it was fine. Right. Um, and the carpet was clean the next time I came and, and that was fine. And, and she adopted and she's a great mom. But, you know, at, at that point, the carpet was a concern. It wasn't something necessarily that would have prevented her, but we would have had to note that in the home study and that wouldn't have looked good for her. Like I said, it wouldn't have possibly, you know, negated her ability to adopt by any means, but it was something that we didn't want to have to disclose in the home study, that the carpet was dirty. <laughs> um <laughs> Again, we're, we're looking for the big things. Now, we've had situations where somebody will be trying to adopt and we get a phone call from somebody who is supposed to be a reference and they say, I can't recommend this person to adopt. And they often want to be anonymous and they give us the reason why. And then we have to go back and address it with the, uh, the family that's trying to adopt. And that has, if, if it's true, if we find out that whatever was told to us is actually true and it is a concern, um, that has prevented people from adopting. Mm. I have seen that. Uh, so what ultimately happens is the court has gets a copy of the adoption home study. And then within uh, 60 days, they approve or deny the prospective adoptive family's ability to adopt. And then it is good for 18 months at that point in the state of Arizona. So that's exciting. And then you can always get it um, renewed if you need to at that point. So if a judge uh, decides to deny your home study and say that he's not approving your ability to adopt, uh, at that point, the family can petition the court to review that. 
and they can go from there. But that's when, you know, if the home study agency says, no, we're not recommending this family, then, and the judge says, we, I agree, we're not recommending this family, and the family wants to proceed with that, then they can, they can go to the court and try to have that overturned or maybe get a second home study done and go from there. But the way that our agency has always taken a stance is that if we have declined a family from adopting, then we stand on that and we don't go back and, and change our, or reverse our decision. Right. But again, it doesn't happen very often at all. I was just going to ask, like, is there a percentage of, usually because you would think somebody who is prepared to adopt or at least thinks they are, they would kind of have all their ducks in a row. Way less, I would say less than 5%. Okay. So very small, very small. So I would say for those families that are teetering on beginning their adoption home study, don't worry, you're going to be fine. Um, This is part of your adoption journey. Enjoy the process. Ask lots of questions. Make good use of this time with your adoption agency so you can learn more about the adoption process. Mm -hmm. And again, this is a step towards becoming a family. And this is a step towards becoming an adoptive mom or adoptive dad. And really don't let this experience be looked at as negative or something that you have to do or, or a step. Look at it as actually as a step. You're one step closer right. to your goal. And it's 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 a good thing and it's exciting and it's something to celebrate. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112 or you can reach us on our toll-free number at 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Birth Mother Matters and Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.